sunny in the Steel City, which feels weird considering the uh, NBA Finals are uh, yeah, almost be looking, upon us. This is normally pre but preseason build-up pod. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, feels weird to be talking about basketball this late in September. We're usually talking about your favorite arcade games. From the yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, Tecmo <laughs> or, basketball you know, or something. Or John Sally's greatest hits or something weird. <laughs> um, but um, yes, uh, we're back. Uh, good evening, Gavin. Good evening. Um, yeah, the finals almost upon us. Um, a lot's gone on in the last couple of weeks again. Again. We keep saying this again like, every time Woo. we sort of uh, we see each other. But um, league in flux. Yeah, um, the bubble keeps bubbling and whatnot. Since we were last on air, I think it was Nuggets Clippers Game Seven was uh, was coming up that night. Yeah, and um, we felt you know we kind of said that felt weird uh, that the Nuggets would be in the you know the seventh game against the Clippers in a, a conference semifinal match. But um, yeah, it turns out the Clippers didn't really turn up uh, in the end, and uh, just the ramifications of. Uh, have been felt. Have been felt. Hammered uh, for today. Uh, loud and clear. Now less. Um, Doc Rivers uh, mutually parting ways, if you will, uh, with the Clippers. Um, a surprise, but not a surprise, really. If you kind of saw the way they fucking down tools and basically quit on each other in that second half, um, it wasn't good, was it, for the Clippers? Really? No, no. I mean, I, I think I might have even said last time how much of the Celtics was. Kevin Garnett and that, like coaching that Doc takes credit for and stuff like, I've never really rated him highly as a coach. Seems like a stand-up bloke. Yeah, and we, he's done a hell before, of a lot yeah. for the Clippers to like launder their launder their reputation. If you know what I mean, yeah, where rip- they were under Donald Sterling when yeah. he first went there to where they are now as a franchise is it's I can't recall a franchise's like ascendancy so much. Yeah, you know he handled I mean? that whole Sterling fallout very well at the time um, and kind of rid them of that stink of, mm. uh, of his legacy and stuff. But um, I think that's bought him a lot of credit. Yeah, I think he's done but I, I, I think that's finally sort of been used up. Yeah. I, I think it may have been a while ago that they've realised that he's not necessarily the man to get you where you want to go these days. If you're the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, and is it seven years he's been there now? He's, he's yeah. had a few cracks at it, hasn't he? Yeah. With various different rosters. Yeah. I mean, and, and in that in that time, what's interesting is that I think the one good year where he did coach the hell out of it is like last year when they were yeah, nothing he... on a teardown team. Whenever he's had assets yeah. and like a big bunch of players to coach, it, it's like it's not really... I don't know if he defers to the individuals too much when they're two good players or something. I, I don't know mm. if you know what I mean. I mean, he had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin in their primes, didn't they? Yeah. And, they, and I mean, you what know, do they do? A lot of teams didn't get past the Warriors in that stretch. So, but How many 3-1 um, series has he given up now as well? Yeah. That's quite a few, isn't it? There's kind of a pattern formed of their big players going missing in big games, if you will. Um, how much you can pin that on him, you know, remains to be seen. But... Um, yeah, there's just a weird vibe. There's a lot of weird mixed messages coming out after that game as well. Paul George kind of, his comments were very strange. He was kind, he kind of said like, you know, internally we always, we never felt like this was a championship or bust year. And it's like, if you didn't feel that, <laughs> the rest of the fucking league and and certainly the medium and a lot of people in your organisations felt that. So that that was a weird thing to say. Yeah, I, I think. Um I'm sure I heard somewhere today, maybe 
as per Woj bomb, that it, <laughs> it was a very much a bomber decision that obviously Lawrence Frank was like, yeah, let's sack Doc, it's not me, uh, that this has come from Bomber. Yeah. And I'd imagine it's comments like that, if you know what I mean, that are the things that get back to Bomber that he sees. That well, there's always going to be a fall guy, isn't there? You know, yeah, there's always going to be a fall guy. and But it, it's not a fall guy situation. That's what I mean. Like it's it, Well, there's only a certain amount they can do with that roster as well, isn't there? considering what they're tied into with George yes, and Kawhi. Yes, they've thrown all their eggs into so. that basket. Yeah. So, so you've got do... to do whatever you can to yeah. maximise that. But it doesn't seem like... It, it doesn't feel... Doc Rivers doesn't... It doesn't feel like an injustice on Doc. No, I mean, he's a very rich man. I mean, he's done very well out of... But I mean, even in just in basketball yeah. terms, it doesn't feel like he's been no. set up to fall, if you know what I mean, like he is the fall guy. I just think it time for a change maybe like I, I don't, like yeah seven years it's a long time he's one of the longest serving yeah. coaches in well, the NBA a lot of weird things going on with the Clippers obviously you know he had Lou Williams missing time uh, Harrell missing time a lot time of players missing but, time and it's been a, a very weird season with it seemingly very little in the way of like backroom ramifications or organ like yeah players just out the bubble all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, you could see Harrell and George getting into it on the sidelines at one point, couldn't you? Yeah. And, um, just, yeah, clanging shots off the fucking side of the backboard and stuff in the fourth quarter. And, um, did they take, like, one f- free throw between them? Kawhi and Paul George in a game yeah, seven? Yeah, which no urgency. A no lot, yeah, to get no, to the like, really? Like, this is it, guys, you know, just... If it's not falling from the outside and you're that play, you get down low and you double yeah. pump your way into some um, fouls to get I it going. I think they scored a free uh, a field goal till about you know five minutes left in the third quarter there, and it's kind of like your season's on the line here. It's um, so there's obviously some kind of disconnect going on in the sort of locker room. And we kind of said this on the last pod, didn't we? It's kind of like Doc Rivers is all right to take you to a certain point and stuff, but there's obviously just. He's not really getting the message through to his, his his top two players, and laughably they needed someone like Chris Paul on that yeah. team just to be like, to right, lads, I've got this. Right, come on, this is what we need to do. And for all Kawhi Leonard's sort of strengths and stuff, he's without the Kyle Lowry sort of character there, like he had in Toronto last year. It never really happened, did it? And, uh, no. I know you kind of said before the sort of playoffs and as they were getting going that you just didn't think Paul George was that guy, and it. Turned out to be true, didn't it? Really? Yeah, I just don't. It's it's been a while, and a lot of it is trading on. For for what people say, the myth of it that like playoff basketball is different, is different from regular season, and especially really this year good, as well. Yeah, really smart coaches, and I think if you look at Spolstra at, at Miami, which we'll talk a lot about, that he threw all kinds of looks all season. Yeah. But with this sort of in mind, if you know what I mean, and they don't care that they came no. fifth. Was it fifth in the in the East? So that's well, fine. This, this if you know what I mean, like that's, we're all right with that. This goes back to what we're saying about, you know, they treat the regular season as kind of like, we'll be fine coming to the playoffs. And we've, we've said all season, they don't look great, do they? Like, you know, they're getting smashed away at like Minnesota and stuff. And it's kind of, we were saying the same about the Lakers. It's obviously turned out differently for them, but, um, they just didn't never look convincing, did they? Um, as like, wow, they look fucking like they're going to you know, run the table here and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. If you compare them to the Lakers, it looks like AD, LeBron, Kawhi, they don't have that same gene that LeBron does. If you want to call it a gene, whatever, it, but there's that, that leadership 
vibe, let's say. Yeah, that mean, ability to put a team on the back. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, and also, like, also realising as well, though, that that isn't just about basketball. Yeah, I mean... Kawhi Leonard's put put up his numbers and stuff, but he's just he's not that dude, is he? As we kind of said, it's just he needs help. I tell you what, I tell you what's what's always interesting is how it kind of was there and has disappeared, but um, but still is prevalent in other sports. It's like a captain, and the the Clippers are a team without a captain. Yeah, for all their fucking shit talking of Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris and stuff, mm. um, they looked shook as fuck, didn't they, in that fourth yeah. quarter? And it was like, all right, who's Who's gonna be like, all right, lads? You know, this who, who's got the who's got the game to back this up? Yeah. And they looked at the two lads who do, and they didn't have the the other thing. Yeah. Uh, just giving the Nuggets a bit of love, obviously, for uh, the work they've done during the playoffs. I mean, Murray and Jokic just had that two-man game going, just taking the piss out of them at times. They had nothing to nothing and, to counter uh, it. They had nothing, yeah. Nothing, nothing. to counter it. Was, it. It's kind of laughable at times. That's why they looked shook. Were. It was inevitable. Yeah. They knew they were done. They would have oh. rather not played that final quarter, it looked yeah. like. No, um, it was kind of embarrassing, uh, the way they went out. And um, Yeah, not good. I mean, Doc Rivers, he's got a, a lot of friends in the media and stuff. He seemed to kind of get a free pass, didn't he, of sort of any blame uh, and stuff, which... I think if it was any other coach in that situation, they would have the knives would have been out, you know. On the, I don't mean I don't watch any of the ESPN fucking whatever bullshit or whatever, but he, he seems to kind of get an easy ride. Um, and yeah, you, you won't be surprised to see him rock up in the in the media again. I mean, he was very good when he used to do the commentary. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he'd be there. a mark step up from some people who are there now. Yeah, God, fucking hell, we'll get on to uh, <laughs> some of the coverage later but uh, it won't surprise me to see him rock up back uh, maybe he, he obviously he doesn't need the money or the headache of going back into a coaching job so it, it won't surprise me if he rocked up on sort of TNT or, mm. or ESPN over the next year or two would it uh, yeah no no I think that's probably where he's at now yeah basketball um, sage share your knowledge with everybody but the game has maybe moved on a bit yeah um, who can you see them going for um the Clippers. I mean, they like to throw money at problems. It's bomb, isn't it? So I'm, but, um, I'm yeah. D'Antoni or something stupid like that. You really think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, something dumb. Yeah, you. I mean, they've got a lot of assistants on that stuff, like likes of Sam Cassell and Tyler. Well, there's lots of those, isn't it? Waiting, yeah. ready to go. Yeah, but, but I'm not sure if Bomb is that guy. No, or if I'm not. He, yeah, he seems the kind to sort of make a big splash. And yeah, like you say, D'Antoni is someone wouldn't surprise. You know, the sort of he just seems like the sort of bloke who thinks. The solution that costs the most money is the best solution. Yeah, and that's kind of been the mo from day one. Yeah, there, isn't it's it? the it's the Let's hire everyone and everyone and it's the it's the NASA spending millions on an anti gravity pen while yeah to fit in space while yeah. Russia used a pencil. If you know what I mean, like the more expensive solution isn't always the best. <laughs> the Clippers at the end of the day, so you know, uh, yeah, Clippers gonna clip exactly. Yeah, the Nuggets obviously went on to face the Lakers. Um, it was almost a series, but... It was almost a series, but... Yeah. I think um, Jamal Murray was a bit too depleted, and they just had a bit too much to shut him down. Yeah, I mean, they kind of... Game one was a bit of a non-event. They got... I mean, I think the Lakers were about 27 at one point, and, uh, you know, kind of got closer in garbage time. Um, game two was the one that really cost them. Yeah. Um, um, it was the, close, um, and then... Jokic had that tip off... Jamal Murray's air ball, didn't he? Uh, to put the Nuggets up by one, there's about 30 seconds or so left. Uh, and then he hit that sort of jump hook um, before uh, Danny 
green sort of uh, made that block and then Mason Plumley, bless him, just really blew it, didn't he? He did. Uh, trying to guard uh, Anthony Davis who hit the game winning three, but he just felt like, ah, oh, if they could have won that one, yeah, um, they could have possibly made a series of it. So it was a real gut punch, that wasn't it? It's yeah, that it kind of, it kind of felt like, yeah, that was where it got away. Yeah, and absolutely. It wasn't just us this side of the Atlantic that spotted that as well. If you know no. what I mean. it, it felt very. You can sort of tell sometimes, and and I think maybe sometimes this is exacerbated more in this bubble because it's not like oh you lose the first two away in LA and then you all right for game three you're gonna go back to Denver. Yeah. And the crowd are going to be there, and there's some sort of impetus to shift to sort of change the dynamic. I mean, they did come back and win game three, um, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, it just, they never really seemed, that just seemed like such a momentum, mm. momentum kind of. Took the air out of the balloon yeah, almost, yeah. if you know what I mean. It felt like, um, it felt a lot like the Blazers last year. Yeah, very much so. Like they'd expended so much emotional energy in getting there yeah. that they were just exhausted at that point. Yeah. Jokic made one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen in game two. He was, he had the ball on sort of the left hand side of the sort of foul line extended, so he drove across and Anthony Davis was like literally in his shorts. He couldn't have really gotten him any better, and he pivoted like twice and hit. It was like a fade away spinning one legged off one foot. <laughs> I literally fell fell off the fucking sofa when he made it. It was just like that's just fucking jokes. It was like. It was like Dirk times 10, kind of, just the ridiculous sort of difficulty of it. Yeah, um, no, no, I mean, well, I, I, think, I, I think Denver of Denver have come out of this playoffs really good, if you know yeah. what I mean, and two of the players they've been hoping to be in the ascendancy and make a step up arguably did, yeah. if you know They're what so I mean. young as well. Exactly. They've got and such a great... You know, duo to build around there, yeah. and but people like Monte Morris and stuff are good. Yeah. They're like a good solid unit. But yeah. it, whenever you see a player in that one leg full tubey gripped, like <laughs> the more Murray by the Chris Paul one leg tubey grip, you, you know you're in, you know they're in trouble. You know, you know they're in trouble. Um, yeah, you mentioned Monte Morris there, but Mike Malone really like kind of dis broke this theory of like, oh, you know, when it gets to the playoffs, it's like, it's just well, seven you've got to get, you've got to get it down to like your favourite three men. He just, he brought different characters in, like in different, you know, PJ Dozier was in one different game, you know, going off and stuff. And he just, looks. he really made a mockery of that theory. And I think we've seen a lot of that in this kind of, I don't know if it's just because they're in the bubble and the lack of travel and the rest and stuff, but um, he's really kind of used his roster well, hasn't he? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, you know, not just your obvious stuff in every game. He's, he's really gone to different matches. Well, I, I think this year that the, if you know, there was a bit of you. I think maybe for the last year or two, there's been some question marks about Mike Malone. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But I think this year for sure he's shown that. Yeah. He's an adaptable coach, who doesn't what? seem to get left behind. He's an innovative coach yeah. and he's an adaptable coach, and he's not being left behind. Yeah. If you know there's I mean. probably only four or five coaches in the league who make a marked difference when it comes to sort of wins and losses mm. and stuff and I don't think he's quite in that category yet but I no. think for a team like Denver um, they all seem to love him all the players and it, it, it seems to have got a really good team spirit and I, I think all players the players who actually want to do any left as yeah, well yeah exactly yeah um, and they all want to play in Denver and be in Denver which is for them it's just a massive plus isn't it mm. do you know what I mean it's um, they've got a bright future and they're fun to watch and they're fun to watch yeah 
and uh, those unis, the Morecambe Mindy unis in the, yeah. in the playoffs. Are, uh, they were sick. Really good. They yeah. were sick. Yeah. They've had a really good year, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, no, they've been great. The playoffs have been, uh, after your sort of Blazers went out and stuff, they were kind of, and the, and the Mavs, they were kind of my, my team to watch just for sort of fun factor more than anything. No. Um, yeah, well, in the West they've been since the Blazers went out for sure. Definitely yeah. the team I've been backing. Um, yeah, Jamal Murray, as we say as well, just an absolute joy. Some of the, just the floaters and the scoop shots and stuff. Um, yeah. He was unplayable just at really times. Good. Absolutely unplayable, yeah. Uh, right, we'll have a small break and uh, we'll uh, we'll move on to the East. Celtics. Heat and the Celtics. Um, we thought it'd be a good series. Um, thought it'd be closer. It'd be entertaining, but yeah, it wasn't as close as, as we kind of we maybe thought it'd go six or seven, didn't we? Mm. No, well, it did go. It did go six. It did go end, six, sorry, but, yeah, but uh, never really felt that close, did it? No. Um, once they were three one up. Um, game one was um, an absolute cracker. It's the overtime game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart was back and firing, uh, back hitting like being six Marcus threes. Smart. Yeah, um, he had a sort of bullshit flop down the end. Um, That's Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, Jason Tatum was trying to play a lot of hero ball um, and sort of sent him to overtime um, where Jimmy Buckets uh, kind of made a few plays and then bam with one of the sort of the greatest playoff blocks I could ever remember. Yeah. His hand was nearly in the cylinder, wasn't it? Well, yeah. it was. He was. His fingertips were in the cylinder to actually keep it the out. strength of the fucking man to just keep that out. Um, it's just, yeah, I was leaping off the sofa almost. It was. Uh, it hurt my it hurt my carpals. So it was like looking just looking at, at it. it. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah. To deny uh, Jason Tatum, who'd proper reach back as well. He wasn't just. Yeah, he was, <laughs> that one with like, he was hand he was going to destroy him. Um, which was, yeah, incredible uh, playoff moment that, you know, I'm sure we'll see for decades to come. Uh, Tame still had a chance to tie it, though, didn't yes. he? Yes. At the end, he kind of fell down and they were trying not to foul him and kind of clanged it off uh, off the rim. But um, you've kind of felt like Mammy deserved that win for that block. Yeah, know. yeah, no, definitely, definitely. He's actually been another player who's ascended through these playoffs to the point where you're like, oh, right, okay. Yeah. If you know what I mean, everybody's... It's been easy to look at Bam as potential, but now he's sort of past that. We've always been fans, haven't we? Since yeah. Since we first saw him in action. Yeah, kind of yeah, way. and that's what I mean. It's been we've been willing him to, to sort of, do that and become significant in in important basketball. Yeah, it was cool as well how he had that sort of poor, by his standards, game and sort of came back and, and said that uh, as well though. Yeah, he was and like, "It's on, on me. me." Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, signs of kind of. You know, your Damien Lillard type leadership, and just like, yeah, I've got to be better. And some of that stuff that maybe some lads we talked about earlier could do with, <laughs> if you know <laughs> what I mean. That. Like there was a, there was the marked absence of that. Let's yeah. say in well, Paul George has got a really nice chain that it spells PG and it looks like a dicky bow. So I mean, that's leadership, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it comes in many, many different forms, Gavin. 
<laughs> Could you imagine fucking <laughs> that? You'd just be like, oh, no, fuck off, clown. What? Yeah. Dicky Bo. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it really matters which coach they have as long as he's fucking yeah. looking about it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, You've always going to have a problem. But though, yeah, bam, it? and then... Yeah. Imagine um, being on tail end at roster <laughs> and knowing that that, that that necklace costs more than you're going to earn that year. Uh, oh. Shout out to Terrace, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, game two, uh, again, sort of Dragic hit that huge sort of three shot clock run down in the regulation. And Jimmy Bucket said that huge steal. And uh, Boston just looked confused by that zone defense again, like they did against Toronto. It's yeah. Jason Tatum. He kind of thinks he's this one-on-one sort of Kobe-esque sort of scorer, but he's not really there yet, is he? Um, he a lot of times he settles for those kind of pull-up Lazy threes, pull-ups. which look great, you know, in the regular season. But when the kind of game's on the line and your offense is very static and there's not much movement, it's, it kind of does you in, doesn't it? It's they were marked difference in the terms of I don't think I've seen two teams in terms of one looking static and one looking fluid on offense. So mismatched at such an important stage of the season since those Spurs joyfully whooped the Cavs. Yeah. If you know what I mean with that. Like, that was Pops. Uh, the Heat, you mean? The, the heat. heat, yes, yes. yes. Sorry, yeah. It's LeBron, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was but, kind of like... But I, There's it, such a difference in kind of stylistically how they were getting the job done. Yeah. And then, yeah, the... It, it was like, all oh, right, we've found Brad Stevens as Achilles' heel. He's got no idea how to coach a team past the zone defense, it would seem. And they d- didn't adapt to that at all. No. Kemba Walker kind of, he put his numbers up and stuff, but he never really felt like he was going to be Influential. a difference maker. Yeah. In any of those games, hmm. he kind of. They're sort of empty numbers. When it came to sort of crunch time, looked like he was on the periphery, didn't he? Um, he's, he's kind of like the. Um, he's like the autopilot. Yeah, he, he does the ticking along stuff, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you, you need to be on the till to get yourself out of the marina. Then you can set it on autopilot. And then when you get to the harbour at the other end, somebody needs to put the hand on the till again. And he's, he's very much sort of like the cruiser scoring. Yeah. But not when it comes to crunch time. New territory, f- territory, New territory for him. For him yes. Well. Yeah. Yes. But equally, is he maybe a bit long in the tooth for that to be an excuse yeah for all of sort of he's a nicer guy than Carrie Irving and he's brilliant and this he's not quite got Carrie Irving's talent has he and it's no. kind of that's the trade-off isn't it you kind of or experience no vitally yeah. it would seem um and yeah he did look like that was new territory for him yeah um Gordon Hayward and his pawn Tash were back in game Gordon three. Hayward yeah Chandler Parsons 2.0 <laughs> Is that what we're going to say? That albatross white guy on the team that's massively overpaid? Is, is, is this where we're at? Yeah. Um, there's a new white boy in town, though. Woo. Uh, and his name is Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. <laughs> um, he had it all working. In, he had it all uh, working, didn't he? In game he? four. Uh, it's all house money for him at the minute, though. 37 points. Uh, which was just, And but, if you've actually watched the game, some of the fucking shots were just... Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, off the dribble, threes, pull-up threes. Um, the stones on the kid. Uh, yes. It's incredible. The uh, Only Magic Johnson has had more points in a playoff game as a rookie, which that's fucking decent territory. Yes. Really. <laughs> it's fucking frightening. Um, yeah, he's... It's fucking um, frightening, considering at the beginning of the season, despite him doing that, everybody was banging on about how great Kendrick Nunn was. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we kind of had a suspicions that wouldn't last. And I think that's proved to be the case. Born out, yes. Yeah. But, uh, um, but again, like Jason Tatum, no points in the first half, which, fine, yeah, he got it going in the second half. I think he had 16 in the third quarter, but you can't just have a quarter in the playoffs when you're supposed to be, you know, an all-NBA-type talent where you have no points. It's not just if you're not the... If, if you're Chris Paul, then, yeah. If you're the primary ball handler in that way and you're getting yeah, those yeah. guys scoring, yeah. but if you, your job is to principally score on offense, yeah. you cannot go two quarters no, without, without um, a bucket. It was that thing they never really, you know, Jalen Brown had had his heart away, looked amazing, and, you know, he'd been making steals and getting on. Mar- Marcus Smart, they just can never all sort of. All sync together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it kind of cost them there, didn't it? Um, Iggy kind of woke up as well in this game. Uh, playoff thought. Iggy. Yeah, I know. I'll just start year off. In it. Promote my book. Uh, when's playoffs start, lads? I'll do some business seminars or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Somebody break out the defibrillator. Somebody give the corpse <laughs> of Iggy a jolt. It's playoff time. I think Barnett's going as well. <laughs> <laughs> Big fucking. Right. That's some nice kicks, though. Yeah. That's some good kicks, the pink ones and blue ones. I, I read his book actually over the last few weeks, and uh, it's a good read. Yeah, Is it? he's yeah, Ooh. it's uh, it's not bad. He's uh, he's a very clever man, and uh, yeah, unlikable. But yeah, he's kind of like yeah, all right, it's my time. Yeah, yeah. what are we in oh, September? This feels weird. It's not June, but anyway, he knows where he's at, and uh, yeah, he uh, he's like latter, timely threes and latter, timely steals. Yeah. Latter stage Ray Allen, if you know what I mean. That's where he's at. Yeah, like he yeah. can be afforded that luxury. Um, did you see uh, Solomon Hill made an appearance in this game? Did you see what <laughs> he looked like? He looked like um, he'd been kidnapped for the last six months and you know, like, <laughs> hiding in a cave, like Captain Caveman. Just, just gone. Just just let it all throw go. Throw it gone. Beard. He was just like, who the fuck? He looked like some fan had wandered onto the court <laughs> uh, from, I don't know, like he'd been hidden behind a rock for six months or something. <laughs> About a four-minute cameo, then never yeah, to be seen. It's nice again. to see you still about. I'm not but sending I was for just a... like, hey, Who's that? And it was. I yeah. think I said, I don't remember calling him since the Pelicans. No, he was. Uh, he's very much alive. Well, and still with us. Nice to see uh, you still there. Yeah, yeah he's gone. Yeah, he, he yeah. really let it go. He looked like a Sasquatch on the run from sort of. There's always that hunters. hairy vet. It's like the Adonis Haslam vibe. Yeah, he's, he's inhabited on the heat. He's still taking up a roster spot on the heat, by the way. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> I thought he'd you be don't. a consultant by now. No, he's actually taking up the physical. <laughs> wow. Spot. Yeah, it's amazing. Whatever the wisdom he's passing on, it must be invaluable. Um, wow. I can only imagine. Yeah. I wonder if you'll see him at finals. I genuinely thought he'd retired two years ago. No, he's on Joanne Howard's tip. Just, uh, Pat yeah. Riley, if you want to Pat's boys. Keep getting Woo. the tip. Pat's been in attendance. Have you seen him? Yeah. Looking yeah. like Chief Brody with mask on. <laughs> Isn't it? Looking like Chief Brody or. If Chief Brody had been, <laughs> don't go in the war. If Chief Brody had drunk from the Ark of the Co- from, uh, if, if he looked into the Ark of the Covenant or something, yeah. I don't think he's ever going to die. <laughs> well, I think lots of people think that. Yeah. Um, oh, see, Huff died. Who? Huff. Keith Huffnagel. Yeah. Keith Huffnagel. Keith Huffnagel died. Yeah. Wait, hey, have we have we have we gotten to this? Did you not see that? No. Oh, he died I'm last week. Plugged into it skating two days ago. Oh, that's terrible. Two and a half battle with brain, two and a half year battle with brain cancer. Oh man, Huff, one of my favourites. Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah. Got it. It's been a, it's been a big oh. one, that. Has. Oh shit, I didn't realise. Hmm? Oh. Sorry, oh. I did. You cut that's that right, out. No, you cut that no. out. It wasn't for the podcast. No, I don't need to cut that out. Yeah. Oh, Keith, one of my. F- oh man. Yeah, one of mine too. That's genuinely gutting. Mm. Oh, it's my first sort of contemporary that you looked up to that sort of died. 
that yeah, he at 46, you like... Similar age to us and kind of yeah. stepped away early and went, well, I'm going to do, the, you know, the company thing and stuff. Keith Huff, no way. Yeah. Oh, man, pouring one out tonight for... Mm. Uh, oh, man, that's generally disappointing. Um, back to basketball. Back to basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, Boston, Nick, game five, and it's kind of... They went on that big run in the third quarter. Tatum had his 31 and... It was just one of those like Miami, just like yeah, we'll get it, we'll get it during the next game. Yeah, yeah, like the Denver, it just didn't feel like at any point they were in the in an ascendancy in a way that they could maintain. If you know, Um, and then Jason Tatum again, no points, no points in the first quarter in the elimination game. Like really, it's like where's the urgency? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. Well, come off the hour, come off the man, and then yeah. Bam, laying the smackdown in the fourth quarter. He really wanted it. He was just going at the Boston Bigs like, deal with this now. It's, just ate them up. Just know. ate them up. Daniel and Tice, you played well. You're a good player. You're a smart player, but you can't deal with this You can't deal with that. Yeah, yeah I'm just uh, going to dunk all over you now. And why was Ennis Cantor on the court so much? I don't know. It's kind of Brad Stevens what? felt the need to throw these different looks in, but it, he None takes of them too much away yeah. from the positives he brings, doesn't he? It's, I don't know. I don't get it. He's kind of... He obviously felt like he couldn't play uh, the Time Lord, um, Williams, because mm. he was a bit of a lob threat, and he never really featured, did he? And they wheeled out Grant Williams a few times. But, um, yeah, it's uh, they never really had that big body to deal with him, did no, they? No, I didn't have anything to deal with him. As we head towards the finals, it feels like the East's been stronger than the West, if you look at the teams. I mean, you'd have fancied kind of Toronto, Boston, or Miami to give whoever came out of the West a decent sort of series at least in the finals wouldn't you for all the talk of how deep the West is and stuff is the top end as good as the East at the minute I don't think so no I don't it, it feels weird to say it because it's been how long 20 yeah, years mean, well apart from the Cavs nicking that final against the Warriors but it's... that never felt like the East was no. better than the West no. did it if you know what I mean no. and that, that led to this it's weird it's like the reputation of the West being better has led to so much, like, star my st- star. I'm doing the thing with my fingers here. Star player migration over to the West that all the rosters don't work. Whilst in the East, they're just better coached. Teams look more like co- cohesive collective units. That Especially have got the a three plan. teams we've just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and the, the general top end stand. Obviously not down the bottom. Once you get to six, seven, and eight, but if you know what I mean, like no, if you know, what I mean the Mavericks are better than the the Hornets. Mm. But once you get towards the top, and the best example is we've just I've just gone in one minute ago on Brad Stevens for not being able to suss out a, a zone and and persisting with Ennis Cantor, but he's still ten times the coach Frank Vogel is. Yeah, I think it's weird. Obviously. With the Warriors out of the way this year, that's kind of opened the sort of top of the West up. Um, I think it's allowed a real, like, false sense of security. to teams who've had a lot of turnover in terms of players, uh, front officers and coaches and the Lakers and the Clippers. But we've been saying all year, we're not convinced by either of them, have we? And, you know, the Nuggets are kind of a a different thing as we kind of just talked about. But, um, yeah, as deep as the West is, the, the top, top end's not... They're not at the level of championship teams we've seen out of the West in sort of the Spurs and the Warriors kind of era. They, they don't feel as as clinical and as well coached and as 
sort of deep as those teams, do they? I would I would say how it feels is that they're all a bit... So, like, Steve Kerr seems really hands-off as a coach, but it seems like the Warriors have been really, really, really clever in how they assemble their group of players, and they're sort of a bunch of all right lads that you can trust to be let off the leash. yeah. You've just got to keep your eye on Draymond, if you know yeah. what I mean. But even then, he, he's sort of allowed his stuff. He can go on TNT and talk whatever, if you know what I mean. He's, he's, he's afforded that space. Whereas some of the other teams have maybe assembled talent, which you can't actually be that hands-off, yeah. if you know what I mean. And it's it's now there's quite, quite like the Lakers, the Clippers, just star-heavy teams, but not teams. And, and certainly it does, it's not, con- like in the Rockets as well, it's not been conducive to basketball you want to watch. Oh, well, it's kind of, it's, I don't know if it's because of what happened to the Warriors and stuff. It, pe- teams have just thought, right, we need at least two stars and let's mm. forget about the rest of the roster. Let's just focus on And This is very much what the Lakers have tried to do. And that would be what worries me going into these finals for them. It's You look at, they've got Anthony Davis and LeBron, who are arguably going to be the best two players in this series against Miami. But who's their third best player? Alex Caruso! Danny Green or, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, Alex Caruso! Whereas you look at Miami... And where is he in the pecking order if you put the two teams together? Yeah. If you put those two rosters together, how many players off the Miami Heat would you not... Do you take before you get well, exactly, to Alex yeah, Caruso probably or Danny take, Green? You'd probably take six players behind Jimmy Butler and bam. You know, you take Tyler Harrow, you take Dragic, you take sort of Duncan Robinson even. Jimmy you know. Butler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before you even get down. So that that would be why I fancy Miami in what I think it probably will go seven games, six or seven. But I just think Miami I think Eric Spolter is a smarter coach than uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And By I about I, I think that's not even debatable. Yeah. I mean that's not even debatable. I think he will make the adjustments and It'd be interesting to see how this zone of Miami's stops LeBron and AD getting to the paint. And but that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. This is the Miami Heat versus LeBron and AD. Yeah. And whether they stay small and how much, if we'll see Myers Leonard again, because he's not really featured, or Kelly and Linick, and mm. you know, how much sort of joy Anthony Davis will have against Bam and how much that'll tire him out on the other end. Mm. You know, will we see as much ball handling with you know, from him yeah. and stuff. Um, but that's it's what it comes down to. Can those two beat that team? And is that team good enough to beat mm. those two superiorly talented players mm. as, as a thing? And then it's it's an interesting question, isn't it? That Like, it's a sporting dilemma. And it's one that's probably been raging for centuries across all kinds of sports. But is, is it better to have a good, collective, cohesive team? Or is it better to just have the two best players? History would say... The team, as we saw with Toronto last mm. year, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, both twelve and three. Miami have not lost two consecutive games. I don't think the Lakers have either. But look who Miami have beat though: Milwaukee, yeah. then the one seed, Boston, who you know contenders. Lakers have beat Portland and Houston. Portland went spent. It was kind yeah. of, we've covered that, haven't we? Houston, yeah. Are they re- ever really that good? So they've kind of beat a Denver team who was spent by yeah, that point as well. Uh, who've you know had a, a long innings there. So um, I'm yet to be convinced again. That's what I'm saying. It's that that they're better than uh, than Miami. Who you know it's a I shock to see them in the final, but not if you've watched the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. If you've watched them play, they've been joyous 
almost. And it's it's interesting because, like you say, there's nothing to convince about watching the Lakers. It's it's a two man game and then nothing else. And That's so the, fucking the heat, boring to watch. Like we talked, Tyler Harrow went off for thirty seven. Who, aside from LeBron and, or AD, is going to get 12? You can't imagine Cal Kuzma doing that, can you? No. He's been very quiet. Or, no. You know, Danny Green may have one of those series where, where he hits high, like nearly 50% from free, which makes us all mm. think he's really good. But he's an old man, though, and it's not really happened yet in the playoffs, so is it going to happen in the finals? He seems to be one of those players who's, like, his, his percentage has gone as his legs have gone. Like, that, that lift has gone. Maybe it's affected his action or something. But yeah. he's also one of those players I think his myth is built upon. A couple of series, I think, for the Spurs, where they won, where he shot, like, 50% for free and, like, defended, like, yeah. really well. But the rest of the time, if you actually look at it statistically, is just a bit above league average yeah. three-point shooter. He's not a man I'd want dribbling the ball around Miami's sort of active defensive players either, like Sir Vigil no. on the wing and stuff. Where, um which brings us to uh, our favourite homophobe, Rajon Rondo. Uh, playoff Rondo, Gavin. Playoff uh, Rondo. If you believe that uh, theory. Um, yeah, I mean, people say, oh, you know, he's he's playing defensively well. He's hitting open threes and stuff, which, fair enough, he has been. He can throw a lob to Anthony Davis. I can throw a lob to Anthony Davis. <laughs> exactly. It's not hard. He's got to be anywhere within 20 feet of his head. And Miami didn't really have that threat with Boston and stuff. You know, Tice mm. is not really, you know, he's not a lob threat. But, you know, he's fine guarding James Harden, who stands in one spot dribbling the ball between his legs. It's it's different when you've got to chase Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson around screens. I don't think... Has, you uh, off yeah, has Rondo really got the heart for that for seven games? I don't think he has. I don't think he does. No. Um, so, yeah, um, remains to be seen whether him and, and the much-hyped revival of Dwight Howard, who I'm not suggesting for a minute he's taking... Uh, and he performs in enhancing drugs, but uh, he seems very sprightly of late. For somebody who's had like eight years, we were talking about his, yeah, his career's ruined <laughs> yeah. because he's not he's not Superman anymore because of yeah. his bad back. Oh, right, look at him. Yeah. Who he knew in your late 30s you could have this second wind? I know, he needs to fucking settle down as well. As, right. as somebody who's had a bad back, Dwight, give us a bell about your back guy. Yeah. Uh, um, I could do with that. Yeah, he remains one of my fucking disliked played. there's a lot to dislike about this roster uh, Lakers roster I'll leave it at that oh yeah there's very little to like about it yeah. there's very little to like about it except except I'll say this that um, in all of this and all of the playoffs uh, out of the Clippers the one winner of, of the LA teams has been Markeith Morris because at least he's not his brother <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean? like his brothers made him look good he just kept his mouth shut what a titty is by the way for all this Lakers hate so I mean LeBron Apart from that sort of fourth quarter against Denver, he doesn't really look fully ramped up yet, does he? You, you sense there's, you know, like he did in that game one against the Warriors a few years ago. He's going to come out absolutely fucking firing, isn't he? Like he's because this is his kind of. This is what he does. Yeah, this yeah. is what he does. He's he's genuinely one of those people that can be like, "This is what I do." If yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, see you guys on the look. He can look the Tyler Harrow's in the eye and be like, "Yeah, you're, you're in the finals." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this exactly. this is mine. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Who do you think will win? Who've you got? <sighs> Miami. Yeah, I do. I, I think so. Yeah, I think over seven games they will just prove the smarter team. And I think Miami, yeah. and I think it might leave the Lakers in turmoil potentially. If they don't win, look at it this way: if they win and they're all vindicated, if they don't win, and maybe it goes a little bit like Toronto and the 
and the Warriors last year, mm. where ooh, one team is much better than the other. Yeah. Might see the Lake. What does that do for the Lakers' future? They're all in on. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Anthony Davis is going anywhere. No, I mean I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. But just how do you significantly change that roster around? Them no, it's going to be tough because they're, you know, you feel, they've got a lot of picks. You've got out, Junior um, Smith in the team. Yeah. If you know what I mean, you got playoff Rondo. You've got a bunch of old men who are just happy to be here, returning up for, for, for yeah, gas money. I mean, you can bring some of them guys back, but yeah. What does it change? There's not a lot of And then with rumors. the Warriors back next year, and hope, assuming. Luka Doncic on the rise. What, what does this do for the, if you know what I mean? Exactly yeah. the same way as the Clippers. It's probably LeBron's best shot. To, I mean, it's fine uh, for the Lakers to get rid of a coach because the coach doesn't mean anything. No. I think it's a bit more important for the Lakers than people realise. Yeah. yeah, we shall look forward to it. Um, what else has gone on? Oh, Billy Donovan's rocked up in Chicago since we were last on it. Did you see that? <laughs> it's one of my most uninspiring sort of, uh, coaching appointments. <laughs> Typical Chicago. The coaching carousel. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what that does for the Bulls going forward, but uh, yeah. I think it. I think it lets. I think it does. I think it marks out their the level of their ambition and does yeah. for their free agency chances. Yeah. Did you see uh, Victor Oladipo throwing his toys out of the pram? Uh, <laughs> unsurprisingly, after he said he wasn't going to play uh, in uh, in the bubble, then decided, "Well, I might play," and then decided to play, and then kind of phoned it. And now he said, "Don't want to be in Indiana anymore." It's like. Kel fucking Supreme there. That was a homecoming a year ago. I know. When you were, uh, when you were leading the scoring and this new player. So, uh, yeah, well done, everybody there. Uh, um, is, yeah. is, has Victor maybe fallen victim to that age-old thing where most of these guys are really, really, really fucking good at basketball? And if you're elevated to the... No, there are... There are probably 20, 30 guys in the league who have put on a team and given free reign, and the rest of the team is like, that's the guy, he's getting yeah, yeah. his shops where he wants, can put up Victor Oladipo numbers. Yeah. These guys are really fucking good at basketball. That's how you get there. Yeah. And then loads of them just get high on the smell of their own farts and don't realise how that works. It definitely you know I mean. seems a bit, a bit of that in play. Yeah. He, he seems to very much... Observer. I mean, he had a bad injury, but he seems very much to have regressed to the Victor Oladipo that was... Oklahoma and Oklahoma Orlando, and Orlando yeah. before, what, six months in Indiana, if yeah. you know what I mean. And right. it's people have those purple patches for six months at a time, don't they? And then, hey, yeah. Linsanity. Yeah, and uh, got his nose put out of joint by uh, your man having his 50-point uh, game. What's his name? TJ oh, Warren. TJ Warren, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, little moment there. And, uh, when you're playing the banana behind Malcolm and TJ Warren, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But where, where does he go? Where does he think I he's going? Exactly. Yeah. So, and getting paid the amount of money he thinks he's, he's, he's entitled to. Off again, six months. Yeah. Right. A six seems, month purple seems, patch. Yeah. Seems like a strange one, but I could see that coming definitely when he made those comments about I don't want to play, and then what? Then they were like, "Well, you're not injured." No. So, mm, hey. Anything else for that's grabbed your attention? I had loads of people talking about the revisionist, the pick revisionism with Tyler Harrow should have gone higher because of what he's done. But I think, again, that just shows the sort of silliness of the way people value picks. Yeah. That Tyler Harrow fell in exactly the right place. And had he gone to any of the teams any higher, he could have been out of the league almost by now. Yeah, can you imagine if he was on the Knicks? Yeah. If yeah. You know. 
<laughs> or he's or he goes on the Pelicans where there's JJ Reddick. Yeah, yeah. If you look like doing he's that exact thing, him, yeah. yeah, like it's not, and it's it's the thing where they arbitrarily put value. This is the most valuable player in a vacuum where he's not on a team. But yeah. the second you become an organization picking, then the really smart ones, and again, this is something Miami do regularly, realize the most valuable player for them isn't the first or second necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And, and people value overvalue the pick because they think, ah, this is great. This is worth so much because we're going to talk about it on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith is going to say, this guy's really good despite his track record of knowing fuck all about basketball. <laughs> like, we're going to go, this is he's really good, so we've got this asset, and you can't build a team of assets. You build the teams of players, and it, each team's a system. And if you're missing the gearbox, there's no point in getting the greatest, most expensive carburetor ever. Yeah. I love the fact they've really completely changed their team from the regular season to the playoffs as well. Eric yeah. Spolsch has just not been afraid to go, right, Myers Leonard... Kendrick known thanks, but this is gonna give us the best chance to win now, and they all seem on board with that. And, yeah, uh, they run with that. And, um, culture, Gavin. Culture. That's that culture. It. That Miami culture. <laughs> Pat Riley. Culture. That's it. Hey, if you behave, yeah. lads, you'll get an afternoon on with Pat on the speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd find myself rooting for the Miami Heat in an NBA Finals series, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. It's 2020. Uh, it's a weird it's fucking good. year. <laughs> a likable team. They remind me of that Dallas team from sort of 2011, where you just like. I want these guys to win. Yeah. They seem to play the right way and they like yeah. each other and stuff. It's when you see that sacrifice for each other and yeah. that collective. It's just a movement, player movement and ball movement. It's great to watch. No one wants to watch the fucking Houston Rockets. It's fucking boring as fuck. And yeah. Just dire. It's dire. And there's been a lot of that in the West this year. Yeah. Reputation based basketball. Right. We'll be uh, we'll back to the break uh, with friend of the podcast, Rob Thompson. Like a sound you hear that lingers in your ear But you can't forget from sundown to sunset nah, nah. It's all in the air, you hear it everywhere No matter what you do, it's gonna grab a hold on you California soul California soul LeBron, you man He's back in the finals, so um, yeah, I've been meaning to get you on for ages, so, man. Look, dude, I, I think I've I probably come across as I'm like the biggest fan of him ever, but I, <laughs> I just like was when I was a kid, I loved Michael Jordan, even though they weren't my favorite team. You know, like I was I was a Kings fan and they were awful, so you can't really like hop on the Lionel Simmons, you know, <laughs> the train. L, so, the, the L train. Yeah, so like, and Mitch Richmond was great, but he wasn't Michael Jordan, so you were like. I just think he deserves a lot more respect than he gets. It's like, he's, yeah, he bitches, but so does every player now. And, I mean, it's amazing to me. Like, I hate I, – I don't even watch, like, ESPN or any of it anymore because they just – it's like the, the first show in the morning, someone says something, and the next show, someone repeats it, and they repeat it and repeat it. And it's like every damn two months, there's a new best player in the world, and then at the end of the season, they go, oh, wait, it is still LeBron. It's just like – yeah. It's like, why don't we just wait until he's gone, until you give his crown away? Yeah, well, you've never really rooted for any particular team, have you? When I first met you, you were just an Iverson fan. Uh, you know what I mean? Because he was yeah. still, you know, he's clinging on. But 
it's like they never they you know it's american sports and i don't i don't know I honestly know as much about england like premier league like deep down i know about the teams but i don't know about like the financial stuff here it's like when you have a small market team it's pretty hard to I mean, especially Sacramento. It's so hard to get anyone to come. Like, who would want to come live in Sacramento? Like, as a like a like, you're never gonna get Kevin Durant to come live in Sacramento. You know? Yeah, Chris Webber tried so, it for a little while, didn't he? But, you know, he could live in the Bay, so yeah, many miles away. He had such bad knee injuries though that he wasn't getting any more. It was like a financial thing. I think like they traded for Vladi, I believe. And then I don't I don't really remember Mike Bibby and how some of those guys got there, but they they just don't have. I can't see anyone really coming here. It's just not a, not a destination. Like with with the Warriors, they're gonna have Silicon Valley for now. Like why why you could get people to come and, but I don't know. I would. So yeah, I, I always just kind of root for players. I mean, I don't even care if LeBron wins it. I just think people should respect him a little bit more. I think that it's like, it's pretty amazing what he's doing, especially with how old he is. Yeah, it's weird. I know there's so many reasons I should root for him. You know because. I love pass first kind yeah. of players and stuff, and you know the stuff he's done mm-hmm. in the community and opening schools and stuff. It's just, it's just weird. It's like I always kind of rooted against Jordan when the Knicks were playing him, just because I liked an underdog and stuff. But deep down, I kind of always wanted Jordan to win because he was the best player. But I've never really in any of the finals LeBron's ever been in. Obviously, the Warriors thing aside. I've, I always wanted the Mavs to win or I wanted the Spurs to win. I don't know if it was just because I like the team thing over the sort of dominant individual thing. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think for me, I I think when they played the Mavs, I actually wanted the Mavs to win, I think. And because I like Nowitzki and I like Mark Cuban a little bit. And when they played the Spurs, that's what it ended it for me. Because I know you know this about me. The two people I hate the most in the world are Shane Victorino and Manny Ginobili. <laughs> I can't believe you brought... I can't believe you brought Shane Victorino up. I was going to mention him in a bit in the baseball thing, but you beat me to it. It's amazing. Like two a year or so ago, I was in Hawaii and and I saw like a sign about him <laughs> and how like you know what a big part of the like home of Shane Victorino. And I just was like, "Fuck you!" Like, I, <laughs> like that's a, it's, you it's sh- like managing Ginobili. Managing Ginobili was a player, but he's like to call that guy a Hall of Famer to me, unless you're talking about like his full contribution to like the, the world you know the global game that's fair but like to me i hear like charles barkley some of these guys talk about how great manager Ginobili was and i'm like he was like the fourth best player on a on a finals team like that's not hall of fame to me <laughs> you were never it's a like, tony parker fan either were you oh god no i hate him <laughs> tim duncan's boring but like i i, I respect him a lot like i think yeah. he's got a I mean, I think he's probably the best power forward ever, in my opinion. But yeah. I don't. Even though he played center. Yeah, but I don't like those guys, and I'm not. I hate Kawhi Leonard with everything in my body. I love your irrational hatred of fucking sports people. It's <laughs> amazing. I think that's why me and you always got on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so good. Sure. And then I never can explain why I love someone so much. Like, yeah, like we, LeBron, LeBron is like opening schools for, you know, inner city kids. And Allen Iverson was like doing horrible things and like not taking care of his. And I love Allen Iverson. LeBron, for some reason, you know, 
Oh, man. Um, I don't know why. And lately, I don't know if you've noticed, but Alan Iverson's been every five minutes like changing who the best player in the world is and who's the best ever. Um, He's been like, LeBron's better, and then like a week later, Jordan's better. The other day, he said KD's the best player in the world. Like, so it's like, <laughs> I think a lot of the, the old players, and they're not that old, but like Alan Iverson, Paul Pierce, they've just like lost it. Their minds are gone. Yeah. I don't know. Paul Pierce has always been terrible. Iverson's just waiting for that Reebok check to kick in when he's fifty, I think. Yeah, I heard about that. That's yeah, he, get, he gets and his, his shoes are. He gets his money when he's fifty, I think. Yeah, I went to a high school high school basketball game this year in in uh, Roseville because um, there was some kid that you know that was like uh, kind of a top, a pretty high prospect and. And uh, literally, like four of the like twenty kids I saw were wearing the old Iverson shoes, like the the the, the, re- the originals, the, the re- question. Yeah, the real oh. ones. Yeah, they're back. They're like fucking Frankenstein boots as well. They're terrible to play. <laughs> Can you remember them? I know. They're awful. Well, they were super uncomfortable. They were horrible shoes, but they do look nice though. Yeah. What's the uh, seeing as they, you're close to the Bay Area? What's the uh, what's the Bay Area vibe about the Warriors for next year and stuff? Um, the people think they're going to be back yes. and legit, or yeah, a lot of people are talking about them being in the top, like a top, like a four seed, five seed next year. Which I, I, I think that's just like a safe assumption. I mean, they could go. You could, I could see them being as high as a two seed, or not even being in the playoffs. Because I mean, I don't know how. You never know with those kind of injuries if Clay Thompson's going to be healthy the whole year. Um, I mean, and let's face it, Steph's had a lot of injury history. So, and then I don't know about Andrew Wiggins. I, I yeah, I think I don't I'll, know how he fits in there. I'd be more worried about Draymond than how he kind of, you know, Decline? yeah, just whether he's got enough sort of athleticism left in the tank. I mean, Steph and Clay are always going to be able to shoot, aren't they? Um, you know, if one of them, I'm just saying, if one, you know, the West is so generally like, you know, a few games can mean the difference between like a three seed and an eight seed so that's true it all kind of depends on yeah i mean yeah, that... it all kind of depends on who the clippers hire as a coach now who the rockets hire as a coach who they if they if any who who people can pick up but a lot of people are saying a four seed but i mean a lot of it's kind of attached to their draft pick too because a lot of people say the draft's not that yeah not that deep you know strong but at the same you know you found a lot of a lot of players in the 10 12 13 range like Jokic and Draymond in the yeah. second round and stuff. You never know who you can get, but hey, look at I know for one thing, I they I doubt they're ever going to go with that Lamelo Ball kid. Nah, and he's just I can't even imagine wanting to be anything to do with his father and all that. So I mean, <laughs> nah. I don't really nah. who they who they're going to get. I mean, that, I think they need some like I don't know with the game being small ball now, but I think they need a big. I think they need like a big really. Some kind of power forward or something, personally, but I don't know. Yeah, someone. What do to, you think? Someone to help Draymond out, I think, and just take some of those minutes and yeah, yeah. guard. I mean, you, you got to look at the East now and who you make come up against in the finals. You're looking at you know, Yanis, Miami, Bam Adebayo, Brooklyn. possibly, and then you know whatever happens with Brooklyn and Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? So, um, and Philly, obviously, yeah. Whoever they get as a coach, you still got to deal with Joel Embiid, haven't you? So. Is Giannis a free agent now? No, he's got another year. So, but the clock he's got is, another year. Yeah, he's got another year on the contract. So, but the clock is ticking. You know what I mean? It's, 
Yeah, no, but I mean, I don't see them getting much better because, again, it's it's not really a destination, and I don't think anyone would be confident with him staying there no. to sign like a big deal. Yeah, there's only so much you can but, do. Uh, yeah. Brooklyn's intriguing, but at the same time, again, you're coming off a big injury, and I never really trust Kyrie because he's a weirdo, man. Like, he's always doing weird stuff and causing locker room problems and and he's a ball hog on a team so, with Kevin Durant. Do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah. Yeah, which with LeBron, it worked kind of because LeBron's okay to give up the ball and pass. And I guess Durant's been a little better with that in recent years with playing with them. But I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about DeAndre Jordan. No, I mean, it didn't really work with Russell Westbrook being ball dominant, did it? Um, what, what, you know, Steve Nash, Steve Nash remains to be seen what effect he'll have. But um, yeah, Brooklyn's going to be interesting. That's- yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that was a good hire. You know, here with everything that's going on in the in the world and all the the racial um, protests and whatnot, there was like a lot of criticism of it because they didn't interview like a black coach. But I was like, why would you not hire this guy? Yeah, he's like one of the smartest basketball players I've ever seen. And at the same, t- and then you know, a few people made the comments like, well, uh, plenty of plenty of uh, different race players got chances just because they were a good player or a smart player, you know? Yeah, we kind of... I think he'll be a great... Yeah, we touched it on our last podcast and it's kind of... The dude was a two-time MVP. That's why he got the job, you know what I mean? It's, well, how, do you, how can you see this... Uh, the finals going with Miami and the Lakers? You know what, man? I, I heard a rumor... Which, I mean, you know, it's a rumor, but I, I had – Shaquille O'Neal had said that he 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 heard through, like, a source in the Lakers organization that they were hoping to play the Heat, which I – and I was like, huh. And I don't know if that's because, you know, Tatum and some of those guys gave LeBron a little bit of problems when he was in uh, Cleveland. But I, I just think the Heat plays such great team basketball. They hustle – every single player plays like it's like their last – I mean, they seem – as far as it goes in today's NBA, they hustle about as any team as good as any team I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So you know, part of me is like they have a chance, but then out of out of Bam, kind of. I'm not. Are they? You think they're going to put him on LeBron or Jimmy Butler or both? No, nah, I think they'll, like, they'll they'll throw kind of different wings at LeBron. I imagine it'll be a bit of Jay Crowder, a bit of uh, Iggy and Butler and stuff. Yeah, maybe, and then you know. I just don't know who can cover. I mean, I've, they, the the Heat played zone a lot in that last series, and I, it's when the Nuggets played zone against the Lakers, they just don't move. You know, like they kind of stand there and let LeBron kind of drive and kick or or drive and or or like post up Anthony Davis. And I don't know how. I don't think the Nuggets were as good as people as as they ended up being. Um, Jamal Murray kind of played out of his mind for a little while there. I don't know if that's a consistent thing. Yeah. But I, I think zone, the zone defense seems to give the Lakers a little bit of fit, so it's going to depend on how they shoot the three, I think. And Yeah, I think if they uh, if, but if, I mean, if they shoot poorly from three, I think they could be in trouble. Yeah, I think so too, because LeBron, for as much as I like to watch him play, because he, he, he's such a gifted passer and, and a scorer, like, he passes sometimes when he probably needs to take over the game. And, you know, I, I don't really trust KCP and some of these guys hitting threes in big moments. 
I like I like that Caruso kid. Like he hustles, he plays hard, he plays good defense, but he's not like anything special. You know, he's like a guy that's going to give you ten or twelve good minutes, right. maybe. You know, the flying and if ball he shoots over three of the, you know, he's like a little rat, but like <laughs> he's he's had some good minutes. You know, like but it's just something. I don't think I don't know if you can rely on it. And I think the Heat, but I, I mean I think it could go. I, if I had to, you know, my yeah, gun to my head, I would say Lakers and six. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think it's going to go six or seven, definitely. That's that's the vibe I get. I just think LeBron seems super motivated, and I also think we, we you basically gave, like, the old guy five months off to chill. Mm. Whereas, like, last year, he was, like, you know, coming off eight straight finals, playing all – he didn't really – never really rested. Like, and now you got a huge rest before you got to go there, you know? Yeah. It's so funny how the Lakers have been so fucking dysfunctional for, like, you know, the last five years with Magic Johnson and, you know, Rob Palinka and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it only takes just, you know, a couple of decent, well, you know, top two NBA players wanting to play for your team and suddenly you're back in the finals. It's, the NBA is so fucking fickle like that, isn't it? It's hilarious. Exactly. And even even last year, like, you know, take away the take away that groin injury and they probably trickle into the playoffs. They probably, they probably aren't out of the playoffs. I mean, it... Yeah, it just takes one or two guys to kind of put you over the top. I mean, the, the Brandon Ingram was a decent player, but I think I don't think he fits well with LeBron, and I don't think they really had time to wait on him to develop. But yeah, all they really needed was—I mean, even if you brought—if it would have been Paul George instead of Anthony Davis, they still would have been like a top seed in the West, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe not the first seed, but they would have been—they would have been definitely like competitive i mean but yeah and, and i thought when magic johnson left they might start i don't i didn't know what was going to happen and yeah just that's you just get two of the top five or ten players and you're good to go yeah i'm not ready to see jr smith topless in october i'm just saying right now i still can't figure out why they <laughs> even got him. no because he doesn't he's not even playing i know so what's it's like Dion, it's just in case yeah it's like it's like Dion waiters isn't it it's I don't know. It's LeBron. It was just like a yeah. It's LeBron the playing GM again, isn't it? Like better, better the devil you know kind of thing. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, he is. From what I hear, he is pretty close with J.R. Smith still. So yeah. Maybe he was just being nice. Yeah, I don't need to see him topless on a fucking open top bus in October. That's, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. Did you see like beat up the rioters? No, really. He got so there were people like rioting in los angeles near his house and they were coming through the neighborhoods you know with signs and they were like smashing car windows and i guess someone hit his car window and he just came out and beat the shit out of him and it was on camera <laughs> he actually like beat the sh- he hit he got like six or seven great hits on the guy's face and he was just like crumbled vague, <laughs> and like i vaguely remember this yeah. himself it was hilarious it was like and then like a week later he got signed by the lakers it was super funny which is like that LeBron uh, was the one making that signing because you usually don't sign guys as they're beating people up in the street. (laughs) Uh, Who else have you enjoyed (laughs) watching during the playoffs? You must have enjoyed Luca. You know, I love Luca. Like, I think he's probably my top three favorite player now. Like, I'm, I wasn't sure how he would hold up just because he's like slow and I mean, he's not slow, but you know what I mean, compared to some of these, like, ultra-athletic guys. Yeah, he's got a different pace. But he's just he? so... Yeah, yeah but it's, he's like Jokic 
in the sense that they're just like they're they so, have like no business being, yeah but they're just like they're so they're clever so it doesn't matter about and, the athleticism does it you know what i mean it's uh, exactly it's like almost like every they're patient and they just kind of wait for the game someone to go past them before they it's it's crazy but i i kind of fell in love with him and Jokic the last Jokic last week i was like I was a little disappointed in how he played the last couple games. Like it seemed like the moment might be a little bit too big. They were complaining about fouls too much, but but as far as just like what they have in the future, I mean, and the, with the Nuggets, man, they got uh, even Bull Bull, <laughs> Bull Bull. Like that's a probably a bench piece for down the line. Like I think that they have a really bright future. Both teams, I think the Nuggets probably more so than the Mavericks, just because I don't trust. Porzingis to stay healthy ever. I hope and he I does. I, I hope he does, else. man, because Dallas is so much fun when he's when both those two guys are well, firing. For, for sure, and then and then with with Cuban, they have money to go get another piece. You know, I mean, I don't know who you would fit in with them, but yeah. they definitely have money. Yeah, they're, um, they're gonna have like I think it's def- pretty much max cap space to you know add another you know a decent player. So. Yeah, and people are what are gonna want to go and play there. Do you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, speak about America. I mean, I, I'm sure you know this, but like, there's no income tax in Texas. Yeah. You know, so a lot of players are starting to. I think a lot of players are starting to realize over the last five years, like, you don't need to be in LA necessarily, or New York or Miami. Like, you can. I mean, look at Russell Westbrook. He's been in Oklahoma City, and he's on every commercial on TV. You know. It's not like you have to be in one of those places to make extra money. So it's like, why would you not go somewhere where there could, your money could go further? Me and Johnny went to Dallas in uh, December last year to watch the Cowboys. We, we took in a Mavs game, and uh, Luca got injured after about 30 seconds against Miami. We were so fucking pissed off. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. That's like the time we went to the A's game to see Griffey, and he wasn't starting. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were like, and, like, whoever placed him, like, pulled his hamstring and he got put in and we were just, like, super happy. <laughs> it's like, that's, and that's, that's the problem these days with sports, too, because, man, it, it's so expensive to go nowadays for your average person. And if your guy's not playing, man, it's got to be just crushed. You got to be crushed, especially if you're flying across the ocean, you know. We had it with Yanis as well. Terrible. We went to watch the Bucks and Yanis wasn't fucking playing like the first, the only game of the season. He was. What was he playing this year? Thirty minutes a game and taking days off. Yeah, I mean he takes. Yeah, they don't play in big minutes, but he, he plays a lot of games. But um, yeah, I mean I don't think we we we, yeah. we paid big money to watch uh, Griffey. I'm sure we paid about twenty five bucks and sat behind the fucking bench at the A's. Front row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of baseball, the only man I know. Who Probably watches baseball every day. You yeah. ready, are you ready for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I'm so I got to be honest, man. Like this is this was the first year since I was since the you know the whole '90s Braves, like uh, if you want to call it a dynasty. I know they only won once, but they were so good for so long. This was the first year I thought they could win it. And then I don't know if you know, but like their 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 whole pitching staff's just like devastated. They have like one guy. Oh, really? And, yeah, so they started out the year with that Mike Soroka kid. He was, like, kind of – I think he finished second in the rookie of the year, and he was, like, really, really good last year. And he started out really dominant, and he got hurt. He tore his Achilles coming off the mound. And then they had, like, two or two of their four starters, like, 
for some reason showed up going 10 miles an hour slower and like got, got sent to the minors like super weird so they found out injuries and then they signed cole hamels and he got injured for the year he pitched one like three innings the whole year Shit, is that guy still so going i didn't throwing... realize wow yeah, it's crazy, and and I I knew I thought he would probably get hurt this year, but I thought you know maybe he'd be hurt half the year, maybe I'll be able to pitch a little bit. Um, so they basically just brought up all these draft picks that have no, you know, that maybe shouldn't be in the majors yet, but they have like tons of potential, and we're just like rolling with them in the playoffs. And it's like we have the best scoring offense in the whole major leagues. They outscored everybody. Um, they probably have the MVP, and they have their ace who's become their ace this year, but wasn't before. So it's like, you know, they're starting out against the Reds. They're, they're, I think everyone's playing a three-game series to start it, and yeah. I, I'm sure you know with that kind of thing, pitching kind of can dominate. So Since I stopped playing yeah. fantasy baseball, I've completely lost track of who plays for who, whatever. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, I kind of I only get involved with playoff time now. Um, my A's are in, your Braves I'm, are in. You never know. I think they have a chance because they can score runs. Like Freddie Freeman's become, in my opinion, and it's not just because I'm a Braves fan. Like I'm honestly like being, he's like definitely probably the best player in the National League. Like I don't think he's better than Mike Trout, but he's definitely no one's better in the National League. Like there's some guys coming for sure. Like even Acuna on their own team, and a lot of other young players are coming fast, but. Um, He's he's just the most steady player I've ever seen in my life. Like he he just hits for average. He plays great defense. He's a leader. You know, he he's he's so good. He he doesn't strike out much. He just puts the ball in play, gets on base. He's leading the whole major leagues in that category war they call now, like wins above replacement. Yeah. Um he's just he's just been fantastic and I mean, he came back from he actually had covid to start the year. Um, so he didn't get a spring, he didn't really get a spring training or anything. And he's, he started out super slow and then just got super hot and hit like 380 the rest of the year. Yeah. I saw he's on, he's, he was on a massive tear the other week, wasn't he? Yeah. He got, and then even the other night they were like trying to clinch the second seed and he, he sat, he was on the bench the whole game cause they were resting him and he came in in like the 11th inning and hit a walk off to run homer. And it's just like, just adds to it, you know? And, uh, but some other guys, I don't know if you're going to watch the playoffs much, but Obviously, you're probably going to check out the A's. Do you, do you want an update um, on the A's? They're losing three zero already to the White Sox. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't have very high hopes for that. Like I said, in these in these three game series, pitching's gonna pitching's gonna be tough. If I had to say right now, I think Tampa Bay is coming out of the the American League. Probably. I, I mean, anything can happen, but they're 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 just dominant. Their pitching's amazing. Check out a Padres game. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is is like Junior. Fuck. He's just super, super fun to watch, and uh, because he's been so good, Manny Machado's really good again. You know, because they protect each other in the lineup and all that, and they have really good pitching. So they're I, I could see them coming out of the West, but I mean the Dodgers are going to be super tough to beat. But they never they see we seem to say that every year, and then they get beat. So I don't know about them. Yeah, the the playoffs very rarely. The the favorites very rarely win in predictable fucking postseason baseball. The Dodgers have built this, like they're kind of built both ways. Like I I think they have the second best offense in the National League, possibly. I think it's second or third. Um, I mean they can hit a ton, and then they have like four or five starters that would all be like top three starters on any team. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Kershaw anymore to just dominate. Like he never really has. He's always kind of choked in the playoffs. But they don't really have to have him do it. They have they have Walker Bueller. They have you know Ru Ryu or Ru, and they have they have that kid Dustin May. I don't know if you've seen him. He looks like Carrot Top. Looks ridiculous. <laughs> He's just got this huge red probe. He throws like a hundred miles an hour with like nasty you know breaking pitches and. And he's like their fifth starter, you know? Yeah. I find playoff baseball so, quite nervous to watch. I get physically sick watching it. Like, I don't know if it's because the A's have lost so many wildcard games and division series over the last right. sort of decade or so. But I just, oh, it's, it's worse than any sport, I feel, to watch because the sort of fucking tension and just the, uh, it's just, it's nauseating. I don't, I don't know how people do it. It's, you know. I don't even, you know, I'm not even from any of these cities. It's just, it's just such knife edge atmosphere, isn't it? Playoff baseball, it's, it's like nothing else. You give up, give up like a two-run homer in the first inning, it feels over almost. It's weird. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that's the kind of the for three. I think for three straight years, it's so weird, and I don't know like what's caused it, but the Braves have led the. Major leagues for three straight seasons in runs scored after the seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and they have the most comeback wins in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And they have the most comeback wins in the last at bat in the for three straight years. And I, they've asked, that's actually for the first time, like in my life, because when I was a Braves fan growing up, and they had all that dominant pitching, they didn't really have a lot of offense. So if we got down four to nothing, you basically just thought you were done. Uh, but now, like, I actually kind of have it, like, where I'm like, oh, they can they can come back on anybody because once they get past, like, that, these days with starters only throwing five, six innings max, sometimes three, four innings, they'll just change pitchers. Uh, once you get into the bullpens, it's like, they it feels like they can beat anybody. So I think in that sense, baseball's changed a little bit in the last year or two. You know, I don't know if you saw last year, but the Rays and the Giants and a lot of teams were bringing out a they called it like an opener instead of a closer. Yeah. They were just bringing out a guy for an inning and another guy for an inning and then bringing in like middle relief. So you, you, you face a lot more pitchers nowadays. So because of that, you have, you know, it's back in the day you'd have Greg Maddox or, you know, Randy Johnson would dominate a game, but nowadays nobody does that. Nobody pitches eight innings, nine innings really. So you, you, you have to bring three or four guys and hope they're all going to pitch well that day. And that's kind of rare, right? So, you kind of—I feel like you do have a, a chance now to come back a little bit better. Well, apparently this is supposed to be the strength of this ace team. They've got a really deep bullpen, and you know this is how they've been. Yeah. Sort of, you know, how they're going to win games and stuff. But um, yeah, we shall yeah. see. Um, I'll be tuning in because I've not watched a great deal all season. Um, but um, it's a, it's a weird one because this the wild card sort of series is they're playing it at the actual home stadiums and stuff at best of three aren't they and then but it, then it shifts to it's like neutral sites isn't it it's is it san diego yeah, and la or it's it's a weird one and then the world series is in texas at the ranger stadium yeah. which is part of me part of me is like you've been traveling the whole season like i think once they get to the world series and the and the nlcs and all that i just don't think they want like covid happening so because of like television ratings and money so they probably are just like once we get that far, we got to kind of shut it down, lock it up. But they've been traveling all year, like, um, and and you're traveling for the first round. So I'm confused that it's a confusing uh, system. I don't know. I'm yeah. not. We'll see how it works. 
Have you seen the that? Waves, I think. Have you seen that place as oh. well? It looks fucking awful. We we saw it when we went to the Cowboys Stadium. It looks like a fucking storage warehouse. It's, it's the weirdest looking stadium I've ever seen. It's bizarre. It's the new one, right? Yeah, it's such a fucking strange looking thing. It's no. no, so I went to the old one when I was when I was a teenager. I was in we were in Texas and I went to the the ballpark or whatever it was called. But is, it, is it right next door? Or is it's it? right next door, but it's like it's the weirdest looking thing. It's so ugly. It looks like a place you'd keep chickens. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a, a big fucking chicken warehouse with like a weird retractor. It's bizarre looking. It's, I don't know how to describe it. I try not to venture to Texas too often. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm always like. I first of all, I remember going there as a kid, and like I don't know, I think I was the last time I was there, I was probably like 15, and man, just like the humidity is just awful. It's like 100% humidity all the time, 100 like 95 degrees, and then you know, yeah. everyone carries guns. Yeah, um, it's a super weird place. I don't know. Yeah, um, speaking... I just never really think like oh, yeah. This year I'll go to Texas. <laughs> like no. Nah. Um, speaking of guns and weirdos and Americans, um, what do you make of Cuddly Joe Biden? Um, how can you see this panning out in a few months? Fuck me. Um, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm just so embarrassed. Uh, so do you remember when, how long ago did we meet? Probably 10 years, 12, 15 years ago uh, almost now? 14 God. years ago? 2008. I, was... I think it was Curry's rookie season or before that. 2008, something I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's so. I mean, at that time, I feel like Americans had a. We were kind of like resurrecting our, you know, our our reputation. Right. I, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I don't. I'm not getting into like what Obama did and didn't do, but I think people were, around the world were relatively like okay with that selection. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember before I met you when I was traveling, when I was trying to travel a lot and going to Poland and weird places, and people would be like, "Did you vote for George Bush?" And I would just be like, "I'm Canadian," because I didn't want. <laughs> I, I mean, it was that was that was a rough time, and I, honestly, man, I, I never ever thought that I lived in a place that could elect such a buffoon as Donald Trump. Um. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't really have a lot of like positive <laughs> feedback because as much as I would like to see Trump out of the White House, and I do, I, I think our system's quite rigged. I think that Joe Biden can barely get through a sentence. I don't, I mean, there's times I've seen him like just where he just stutters over all his words. And the other day he said he'd been in the Senate for, 8,000 years or something instead of like eight years. I don't know what he said, but it was like, you know, where he's just like, what are you talking about? And, you know, unfortunately, like, I guess I'm a, I don't know how you are, but I, I voted for Bernie Sanders and, and it's, it wouldn't have done any good for me. Probably it would have probably taken my taxes up and made, you know, but I just thought it would make our country a bit better. And I thought he was like a genuine person and, as much as I think Joe Biden's a better person than Donald Trump, I, I think that, unfortunately, they're just bought by corporate interests, you know, and I think that, and that's, it's just a sad state of affairs, man. We're in a, we're in a rough patch right now. Yeah. I don't think you're, I don't think you guys are 
much better. But... No, we're not. We're not far behind you with Boris. Trust me. It's um, no. Yeah, the last time uh, I was over there and I saw you was um, the Hillary and uh, Bernie debates, and um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think we thought it'd turn out how it did. I don't think you know either of us thought <laughs> in our wildest dreams we were going to end up with the, uh, you know, the orange orangutan in charge, no. did we? But um, here we are. No. Did you see the re- yesterday they released all his like tax history for the last like fifteen years? Yeah, I mean, what a fucking surprise! And it was like, Do you know what I mean? It's... That's it. It's like, but but I'll tell you right now, man. I live in California, which is by far the lo- most liberal state in America, right? And everyone I know that loved Trump last time loves him still, no yeah, matter yeah. what he does. They he probably can, love him more. Do like, you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. I think they do, man, and and I think. These these protests have have probably boost boosted him um, with his base. Like I think a lot of people, there's obviously hope hope that some people are going to go out and vote that maybe didn't last time. Hmm. Um, but I think people, you know, some of these protests here, some of these like um, civil rights protests, and some of them were the, the looting was going on, and some of that, and, and some of it got pretty deep into some like privileged neighborhoods, you know. Hmm. And and I'm I'm not saying anything good or bad about that. I'm just saying a lot of people that dealt with that. I think that if anything, that just boosted his his uh, you know, his standing. So he's. Uh, uh, I I don't think I. I was right the last time Obama got reelected. I thought he would get reelected, but I was wrong on every other election since like I was like twelve. So I I I, I don't want to say who's gonna win. I, I if I have to guess right now, though, I think Trump wins again. Yeah, um, I, I fear, I fear the same, sadly, because um, they will rig it, and there is so much voter repression going on and stuff, and so much fucking well, there's tons corruption, of, and you know, we have primary elections here where you mm. kind of, it's like you're obviously you're voting for who's going to be the candidates and whatnot, and Wisconsin because of COVID, they normally have fifty-five polling stations, and they had two, yeah, and they so, were both in like the rich. Uh, Bernie Sanders last time against Hillary, he in West Virginia, he won 55 out of 50. I think he won. I forget the number, but it, whatever it was, 55, 57, 77, whatever it was, he won every single county in the whole state and won the popular vote. And they put Hillary Clinton as their nominee. Yeah, it's nuts. So that's not really like working for people. That's like working for a few people. And <laughs> and then you know, not I don't know, too deep in this stuff, but. If you know the word gerrymandering, where you like rewrite district lines and mm. kind of move where votes matter, I mean the Republicans, it's it's completely legal, and they've spent the last like they spent the whole time Obama was in office like rewriting a lot of those lines and kind of uh, working on that, and it and it worked in their favor a lot last time in like Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, and it hasn't changed so. You know, he might. You can win the popular vote and lose here for some reason. I, I, I'm totally against that. I think it's absurd, but that—that's the thing. He can lose and win. You know, yeah. and that's what he did last time. It's depressing, man. And to, yeah, they're they're trying to kind of run the same fucking racket over here. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are blind to it. But um, yeah, this is where we're at. Um, as a you know, yeah, as, a, as a father of boys like myself, um. Yeah, it's um, it's concerning to say the least. You know, I don't know if you saw that, but there, uh, the the Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And yep, yep, yep. 
And they spent the whole, you know, four years ago, they all complained that Obama was going to try to put up a Supreme Court nominee because it was only nine months away from an election, and now they're putting them one up three weeks away. And if he gets it through, I mean, you know, that it, it, that's going to get real deep. That could change, like, abortion laws. And, yeah, the Roe versus Wade uh, things in the, yeah, it's, it's uh, scary times. Man. All that stuff's probably going to change, and it's... Mm. It's uh yeah so it's just it's it's definitely concerning it's but it's it's kind of the unknown you know you just don't know what's going to happen and I will say this about Donald Trump he's done if a president's job is to bring people together I mean he's he's done a the worst job of that in history I would I would say you know so yeah very much so um his original slogan was make america great again now his slogan's keep america great but as they're all complaining about how America is, you know, it's, it's like super, it's just, it's like, I don't know. But, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of uneducated voters and we have a lot of people that vote in this country based on religion. And they're, and it can be something as simple as like, I don't think abortion should be legal. So I'm voting for the guy that says it won't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like. That'll be more important to them than like education and health care and everything everything else. It's kind of like a probably a stronger issue. Yeah. So sadly. Yeah. Depressing. Oh. Dude, um Yeah. Took up far too much of your time. Um it's great to great to speak to you and great to have you on. Uh, it's been a minute. Enjoy the finals and enjoy the baseball playoffs and um Um Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Saturday morning at the crack of sunrise Thank the man upstairs for letting me open my eyes It's a whole new game for me like T. Lee It's nine-step now and I'ma stay sucker free Thinking about all my homeboys behind bars As I crease up my khakis and lace up my stars And everything is straight what? I'm in the full zone getting paper every day It's all I'm tripping on Cause ain't nothing like a rag in California eh? With the top back rolling on the high sunny day It's one note for show And I'm clowning all the rookies With a pocket full of cookies and mash into the backyard book get your boogie on get your boogie on get your boogie on and we coming with that yeah. Yeah.